Welcome back to another edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. I'm Jonathan here with Sean, and we didn't get the matchup we wanted. Uh, Baylor Gonzaga gets canceled. How are you feeling? This is this is a disappointment. Disappointment of the weekend. Yeah, I woke up early on Saturday. I'm like, I'll watch college football for an hour while I wait for Gonzaga to play Baylor, the matchup we were all waiting for. And then, of course, it gets canceled because of COVID. And apparently the test happened Friday, or they got the results Friday. So I don't know why they didn't just let us know Friday. That's first off. I don't get that at all. But it's disappointing. But at least it sounds like they're going to plan to play it at some point this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think with the results, they probably – they pro- both teams probably wanted to play the games, and they're, like, trying to talk. I can just see, like, Mark Feud and Scott Drew, like, lobbying – Hey, we want to play this game. Hey, we want to play this game. And the Indiana health officials, I guess, had the final call and decided we're going to shut this game down, which major bummer. Um, uh-huh. Not good. Not good. Yeah, I mean, but these two teams will play in April anyway, so we will see it at some point. And I I, I looked ahead at both teams' schedule. I guess Gonzaga is shutting down for – eight days or two weeks, however you may qualify that. Uh, but looked at the schedule. I think I want to see Saturday right after Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it'll be 2 p.m. Eastern tip. Gonzaga versus Baylor on CBS. Make it happen. Yeah, or, 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 hear me out, Christmas Day. We no. have four Big Ten games on Christmas. Nobody cares about the NBA. I don't care to watch LeBron James score 30 points again. I've watched him do that my whole life. You know what I'd rather see than LeBron James do that? I would rather see Drew Timmy drop 30 points. That's what I'd rather see. Well, CBS isn't going to put college basketball on a Friday. so. Does, the NBA, does CBS even do NBA? No. But they, okay, they exactly. have other networking slot. issues. They can figure it out. The soap operas they'd be showing otherwise can go on hold. Well, put I say the Saturday make that Christmas Day can be the NBA day. They they get the they get the NBA day on Christmas. They get to uh, the NBA also gets April through June, and then Gonzaga Baylor. We get we get NBA basketball on Christmas, and then. Next game, next day, you get the best game of the year. Gonzaga versus Baylor. But we already have college hoops on Christmas anyway, so why not add to it? Nope. December 26th. I mean, I'm not going to complain, but, you know. Meanwhile, one team that will be playing on that uh, December 26th against their arch-rival Louisville, uh, it is Kentucky, but... Uh, some might call them Kentucky. They are one and three now. Uh, losses to Richmond, Kansas. Okay, that's those are good teams. Fine losses, acceptable losses. Now it's panic time because Kentucky. They were giving up wide open threes. Uh, the team just looks disoriented. Devin Askew is looking bad. Well. Yeah, well behind what he needs to look like to even be considered good. 
it's and BJ Balsa, I thought, you know, coming into this year was, you know, poised to be like a top three pick. He hasn't even done anything this year. I think he just made in that game his first three of the season. He's been awful this year. And Kentucky has been it's been Terrence Clark. Isaiah Jackson occasionally looks good defensively and then a bunch of questions. And Olivier Sarr is Olivier Sarr is a fine player, but I'm sick of Kentucky fans acting like every single player they get to transfer in is like the best player of all time. Like I love Reed Travis at Stanford. I knew he wasn't going to be the same Reed Travis at Stanford that he was at Kentucky, <clears throat> Kentucky at uh, Stanford. <clears throat> but Olivier Sarr, I heard Kentucky fans talking him up like he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's nothing near that. He's a worse version of Reed Travis. He's closer to Nate Sestina than he is Reed Travis. Yes. I I think he's probably in between those two. But the fact that we're talking about Nate Sestina and Reed Travis comparisons goes to show expectations were way too high for Reed Travis. Or not for Reed Travis, for Olivier Saar. Yeah. I don't think the Kentucky fans that thought Sar was going to be something crazy have ever watched him. Like, he's a fine player. He's a seven-footer with solid footwork down low. He's a bad defender, and he misses so many easy shots. Yeah. And then the other Same thing, too, is like he's, he's not a good fit with uh, Isaiah Jackson, who I think is, at this point, their best option. Like, mm-hmm. I think Lance Ware's better, too. Play Lance Ware more than Sar. I think Sar shouldn't even be in the rotation. I think you can have him play as like you play Jackson like twenty five minutes and then have Sar play fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you look at Jacob Toppin coming in. Obi Toppin's brother, obviously, he's never going to be Obi Toppin, and he just won't be. Yeah, he's I'll a great play. defender, but that's about where that ends. Yeah, he's. He's not great. Kentucky's just... I think the thing is, like, Terrence Clark has been about what we expected. B.J. Boston's been a massive disappointment this year. That's another one where, like, if he's having the season... If he's averaging, like, 15 points per game and playing, like, I think many people thought he would be coming into this season, Kentucky's, you know, probably... Three and one right now. I'd say they probably lose the Richmond game, but they probably beat Georgia Tech. They probably beat Kansas, uh, but obviously that didn't happen, and Kentucky's in trouble. Yeah, and one thing to me, there's a couple things to me here. So this is they're the youngest team in college basketball. What was the last Kentucky team to be the youngest team in college basketball? Uh. Probably two years ago, maybe, or three years ago. 2017-18, yeah. Yeah. 2017-18 was Shea Gildas-Alexander, Kevin Knox. Yeah, they were five seed and played Dayton, and then they went to the Elite Eight, I believe, and lost to Kansas State. That team became really good. Like, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that Kentucky just won't be good this year. They're a very bad basketball team right now. But when it comes down to it, I think this team still could be really good. That team looked terrible in uh, the Kentucky team three years ago. They didn't look good, but they, you know, were up. They could have won it all that year eh. as a five seed. I I thought their ceiling was Final Four, but 
Like they they looked much better at the end of the season, certainly. But at the same point, this is a Kentucky team where I think they're even behind pace on what that team was. Now, obviously, you get a COVID shortened off season. Uh, you probably like we don't know if there's been shutdowns in Kentucky's practices, but you have to assume there probably have been shutdowns. So you get a short, COVID shortened off season. Uh, you don't get hands on, you know, training and all that. And you get a team when Keon Brooks is out that literally has zero guys that played on last year's roster. Zero. They're playing. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to go well. And it certainly hasn't gone well. Uh, we'll see if that can, you know, they'll probably get better as the season goes. But right now, they're a bad basketball team. Yeah, and I think the SEC as a whole just might not be very good. I mean, I liked Missouri coming in this season. A lot of people didn't. I wasn't sure why. But they look very good so far. I'm not surprised. Uh, but a lot of people said because uh, Quanzo Martin's their coach. That you got to put some stock into coaching, but when you have guys that are almost all seniors, the coach isn't doing very much. Those guys are grown men out there playing against 18-year-old Kentucky players. They, they're they calling their own shots. The coach isn't doing all that much. But as a whole, the SEC, Tennessee hasn't played yet. We'll see how they look tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Colorado just being that they haven't played yet. That's a tough yeah. game for Tennessee. Florida, you know, Florida's looked good the last two games, but their first game, they look terrible, but they've looked better. So I'll give them that. They destroyed Boston College. That was a great win for them. And then Alabama's looked good at times. Arkansas's looked pretty good, but they haven't played anybody. But I'm just, I'm not sure about the SEC as a whole. Yeah, I I agree. The SEC's been, you know, pretty bad. Kentucky, obviously, playing this bad is hurting the league. You don't have Tennessee, like, I wouldn't be sh- surprised if Colorado beats Tennessee. Colorado's been playing for, I think they've played like four games at this point. They're going to come in and put up a good fight and I think probably easily lead at like the half or something like that. So, like, that's an upset to monitor this week. Uh, you've got Florida LSU, Arkansas, Alabama, like those are all fine teams. Missouri's a fine team, but like none of those teams really stand out. And then the bottom eight of the, or the bottom six of the conference, those that we haven't mentioned, none of them look really good. So like the SEC's struggling this year. Auburn's bad. I mean, I, I know we've said that Auburn's bad. Justin Powell looks really good. I didn't see that coming. But he's their best player, but they are a bad team. They allowed, like, 84 points to South Alabama the other day. Uh, Yeah, Auburn's not good. Mississippi State, not good. Vanderbilt, not good. Georgia, Georgia. not good. Like, there's a lot of not – Ole Miss. They haven't played yet, but not good. Yeah. Not a lot of good coming out of the SEC. Uh, moving on, there is a lot of good coming out of Texas Villanova. Texas, they look to be back. They didn't quite finish the deal, but they look good. Uh, uh-huh. They went toe-to-toe with Villanova. Uh, Villanova ekes out a four-point victory. 
is a you know, really fun game. It was back and forth throughout. Uh, Matt Coleman, Courtney Ramey were hitting shots. Justin Moore played really well yesterday, and ultimately Villanova just kind of sneaks one out on the road against a good Texas team. But I was impressed with both teams. I think both teams really look like they're you know potential one or two seeds come the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, Villanova and Texas, I believe I had in my newest rankings, I think I had Villanova back at five. And I had Texas at, like, 12. Like I wanted to put them higher, but, it, I mean, it was just tough. I have Houston 3. I know that's higher than what most people probably have them, but Houston's such a good team. I mean, they that's just – I was we were both probably wrong. I mean, I still think Memphis will be really good, but, man, I don't know. Houston's just so talented. Yeah. So, it, that's – But I back think to – Texas – yeah, go ahead. Showed out good this week. They win the Maui Invitational. Uh, and, you know, in a prime letdown spot, too. I think, like, you play Villanova at home, obviously, a big game. But coming off winning the Maui Invitational, that's a tough game to get up for. And they got up for it and showed out really good. And that's encouraging to see as Big 12 play goes along. Yeah, I mean, they easily could have laid down and just, you know, taken their loss because... It was a letdown spot. They were favored. But Villanova, whether they're struggling or not, they're still Villanova. Like, Villanova is one of the top programs in college basketball for a reason. They're coached by Jay Wright. Justin Moore was great. Colin Gillespie was all right. Jeremiah Robinson Earl was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. But, you know, I just think that overall, Texas is really good. Are they top two in the Big Ten or Big 12? No. But they could be third. Yeah, I them being is two. Like, I think Baylor's the clear number one. Then it's like I'd throw West Virginia, Kansas, Texas all into a tier, like that tier two. And I I think Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are all really good teams. So, like I I think Texas is better than Texas Tech right now. I think they're better than Oklahoma State. I'll say that. Yeah, I've been I've been super impressed by Oklahoma State too. I mean, you were definitely right there. I just think that Oklahoma State has a lot going right for them. Cade Cunningham isn't he's not going to be national player of the year. He's he might not even be a first team all American just based on how he's playing. I feel like a lot of people assume he's just going to chuck up shots and drop 30 a game. It's not what he's doing. He's playing like as a team guy this year, and that's helping them a lot. Yeah, I think uh, they played Marquette. He had like, I think he had like 18 points or something like that, but he had like eight assists as well. So Cade Cunningham's, I think, doing all the team first things that you need to do to win. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, so staying in the Big 12, uh, actually first going to the other big game of this weekend, Xavier Cincinnati. Uh, the Musketeers eke out a win. They beat Cincinnati. Uh, an impressive win for the program. Uh, they go on the road. Travis Steele picks up the win. I wasn't all that high on Xavier this year. But Paul Scruggs has taken a big step forward. Zach Fremantle's taking a huge step forward. 
Kiki Tandy looks good. They just got Adam Kunkel eligible. He didn't play you know, great in this game, but certainly he's going to be someone I think that as the season goes along, gets better and better. So this is a Xavier team. Uh, they beat Cincinnati on the road, obviously not a true, like what you would consider a great road win at Cincinnati in years past, but still an impressive win for the Musketeers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Xavier looked pretty good. I was, I didn't think they'd be a tournament team coming into the season. I think I'm probably wrong on that. I think they are probably a tournament team. Paul Struggs. I mean, he never really played the point guard before the season, but now he is, and he looks really good in that role. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and this is a Xavier team that I think I have probably on the right side of the bubble at this point in the season. Uh, I still I still want to see them against a little bit better competition. No, no offense to Cincinnati, but Cincinnati was also a bubble team, but – in the next game we'll talk about, they'll play Oklahoma at home. That's going to be a litmus, litmus test for the Musketeers. Yeah, definitely. I just, I don't know. I think that Xavier, I'm buying Xavier stock, and I know I'm going to get hurt when it comes down to it. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, though. They'll probably just be good enough to go 9-9 nine and nine in the league. Yeah, I mean, is that going to be good enough to get him in, do you think? Maybe. Depends who Not the sure. Niners are against, right? Like, if they get yeah. one against Nova yeah. or Creighton and then, like, Marquette and Seton Hall, that should be enough as long as they don't lose to, like, Georgetown. Georgetown. The Hoyas. Can't, and one talk about, DePaul's undefeated. I mean... When are we going to start giving DePaul some respect here? Hey, it, DePaul's doing what they need to do. If if you're DePaul, you can't take any bad – or the Big East is loving what DePaul's doing because they can't take any bad non-conference losses if they don't play any non-conference games. Exactly. I mean, they are an undefeated college basketball team. That's indisputable. Yeah. So that's, that's actually long-term going to help the Big East – like net rankings and all that, because you won't have uh, DePaul taking bad losses to Buffalo or anything like that. Now, the rest of the Big East, different story, but at least with DePaul, you don't have have to worry about them. Just Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown sucks. I was, con- I was concerned about how West Virginia looked against them yesterday. Yeah. Maybe, maybe West Virginia was playing with coronavirus. So that that's maybe that's the excuse we'll make for West Virginia. But Georgetown yeah. lost to Navy. That's, that's not good. You can't do that. You, you just can't do that. That's, and that's bad. Big East also province doing what they always do in non-conference play. They stink in non-conference play and then they'll find a way in conference play to go 12 and six and make the tournament. That's the Providence way. Yeah, I like Providence still, though. I don't. I just know it's. I don't. I don't even know what to think about Providence because they should be good. David Duke's a good player. A, uh, AJ Reeves is a good player. Nate Watson's really good. But then you just look at Noah Horchler just tossing up shots. I'm just like, don't. You're not that good. Don't do that. 
Yeah. Stop doing. They'll figure it out though. Uh, yeah. Then, so now moving on to this week's games, uh, we'll jump right into that. Z- staying with Xavier, uh, they play Oklahoma this week. Uh, that's gonna be a big game for Xavier as they hope to continue to play well and move to 7-0 in league play, uh, which would be you know, or 7-0 in uh, overall as a program. Uh, that game will be on Wednesday. Who do you like in this one? Between Oklahoma and Xavier? Yes. It's a tough one to me. It's at Xavier, right? Yes. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Xavier. Okay, I like Oklahoma. I think they got they got a good test against TCU. Uh, they're a good team. I'll take Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough. I don't know what to think about that game. Like, it's Austin Reeves. I just don't know what to think about him. Because some games, he drops 32 like he did yesterday, and then the next day he'll drop 7. So it's tough to see with him. And then is Brady Manick going to continue what he's been doing? Or is he just going to be a regular Brady Manick again? And then Davion Harmon looked good. Alondis Williams looked pretty good. Kirk Kuath looked good. But, I mean, Kuath could probably shut down Freeman a little bit. But who do they have that's going to stop Paul Scruggs? I don't think they have anybody that can keep him up with Paul Scruggs. Uh, I think they can just do, like, by committee. Like, you can have Davion Harmon on him uh, for some possessions. You probably won't throw Reeves onto him, but you you can throw different players at them, and I I think Oklahoma will have enough to stop Scruggs. And I I trust Austin Reeves uh, to have a big game. That's a first team Big Twelve player, Austin Reeves preseason. We'll see about that. Uh, another fun one Tuesday. Austin P will play Murray State. Uh, this game is get it's gonna be the mid major matchup of the season. Uh, Austin P, Terry Taylor. This is a great team. Uh, you've got a Murray State team that is you know playing really good. Tevin Brown continues to show that he's the next great Murray State player. Uh, talent says take. Uh, Austin P. They have a little bit more talent, but Murray State's appetizing to pick, so I'm going to pick Murray State, especially at home. Oh, uh, that's tough. Um, yeah, I'm going Austin P. Uh, like I say, uh, Terry Taylor is a mid-major Zion Williamson. Jordan Adams, the second star for Austin P. struggled this year. I'd like to see him turn it around a bit. And then down low, Mike Peak has been really good. The Georgia transfer. I think he could be able to shut down K.J. Williams a little bit. But I'm just curious to see how, like, close these teams play each other because they're both really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, it'll be the first matchup of the season. I could see them, like, I, I'd say I'll take Murray State in this one, but I could see, like, later in the season Austin P beats Murray State. And I think that ultimately the two teams will play in the Ohio Valley Championship game. That's that's where we're going to head down with the Ohio Valley. Yeah, they're the cheer, they're the clear favorites in that conference. I don't know. Did Belmont 
I know Belmont was losing to Samford. I don't know if they did lose, but Belmont's not good this year. Yeah, at least they'll be fine, but they're not on. They're not on either Austin Peay's or Murray State's level. No, Adam Kunkel has really hurt them so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another one to touch on: San Diego State versus Arizona State. Uh, that will be on Thursday. Arizona State, they love the run and gun. Remy Barton has looked really good this year. He looks like a All-American candidate. Josh Christopher looks like one of the best freshmen in the country. Marcus Bagley looks like one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, does Arizona State, all the talents they have, get the job done? I think they do. It's a home game for Arizona State. I think overall they just have more talent than San Diego State. And San Diego State's a really good team. They were able to come back from being down 16 at half to Pepperdine yesterday. I have both teams in my top 25. Uh, San Diego State's a clear favorite in the Mountain West, it appears, once again. But Arizona State, I think this is going to be a real test for them. They get a, you know, a really well-coached team, a veteran team to play them, who is you know run by their defense. And that's the exact opposite of Arizona State. So we'll have to see how they do. No Alonzo Verds the past few games due to contact tracing. We'll see if he's available for this one. But I do think Arizona State pulls away. It'll be a close one, though. Yeah. I, I'd say keep Burge playing off the bench. That's, I agree. He did well in that role last year. Uh, you can start Cherry or Hollum Woods, whoever you want to start. Keep Verge off the bench as the sixth man, along with the two freshmen. Ram and Remy. Yeah, let Verge lead. I agree. Okay, so moving on here, we have got a big game Tuesday night. Uh, it is Creighton going into uh, on the road, and they will play Kansas. This is a big-time game, top-10 matchup. Uh, the Blue Jays look good thus far. Uh, Kansas has kind of struggled. They uh, they barely beat a Kentucky team that's not been great. Uh, and then they struggle against North Dakota State. Uh, this is going to be a huge game, though. Kansas will probably be up for the task. Uh, they've been up for the task before. And Creighton with a huge chance to pick up like a signature win. Who do you like in this one? I, you know, this is another tough one. I think I like Kansas. Marcus Zagorowski has struggled a bit this season shooting-wise, so that's kind of a concern. But the reason I think Kansas is because I think they kind of found something late in that game against North Dakota State. David McCormick didn't play in the second half. He only played 13 minutes in the contest. But what they ended up doing late in that game, which worked, was going with a lineup of Marcus Garrett, Ochai Abaji, Christian Brown, and then putting Tyon Grant Foster at the four with Jalen Wilson at the five. That's a little smaller, but that's kind of how Creighton runs anyways. They use a lineup. Uh, who? Let me see their most recent starting five. Let me make sure it's the same. It is. Okay, so they've been uh, Zagorowski, Mahoney, Balick, Jefferson, and Bishop. So that lines up with them perfectly. Ryan Kalkbrenner has been pretty good off the bench. He's a seven-footer, but... I think playing small ball the way Kansas can play with all five guys being able to shoot, I think that's a huge thing for them. Yeah, I I agree. I 
I like Kansas as well in this one. Uh, I do think Tyon Grant Foster really showed himself well, and you know Kansas is probably going to try to start the game off by trying to get David McCormick involved. They've done that every game I've watched them, but at the end of the day, I think Bill Self knows it what to do in the second half when the game's on the line. Uh, and one thing I, I think going to be interesting, Kansas. I, I saw today they're putting fans in the stands after not having it in the stands for the first couple games. They're throwing fans in the stands for this game, uh, which is going to be interesting to see uh, how they react now having kind of a crowd behind them. Uh, It's probably not going to be the same, but they'll at least have some sort of semblance of a home court advantage. I think key will be, can Marcus Garrett play better? He's kind of been lackluster this year. Uh, he, as much as like you, you need him a little bit offensively. I think defensively, he needs to. I think shut down Marcus Zagorowski. Keep Marcus Zagorowski uh, on a cold streak. And if he can do that, the that's you know shutting down the best player on Creighton. That's where I think Kansas really gets into a you know, matchup advantage where I think the rest of the lineup, you know, two through five, you take out Garrett, you take out Zagorowski. I think Kansas has the advantage everywhere else. I think Baji's a little bit better player than Mitch Ballack. I think Wilson's really shown himself to be good. Christian Brown had a 30-point outburst, has kind of struggled since, but I think he's overall a really good player. And, you know, Tyon Grant Foster – Dewan Harris, like those are good players. I I like Kansas to win this game, especially playing at home, although it'll be close. Yeah, Creighton's really good too, but I think at the end of the day, Kansas, their versatility, their defense, I just think overall they're a better team. They're at home. I want to see them run with that starting five I said before for most of the game. David McCormick just doesn't have it right now. Yeah, we'll see if he maybe at some point does have it, but Certainly right now, he he just doesn't look like he's the same type of player. And maybe, maybe it's he'll figure it out at some point. But right now, I think he, a big top 10 matchup like this, you got to go with what's working. And I don't think David McCormick is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought he would be pretty good this year, but I was wrong. Yeah. And there's still time left in the season uh, for him to improve. but. Right now, you you just got to go with Wilson and Tyon Grant Foster at the four and the five with three guards. I think that's the best formula for Kansas to win. Yeah, for sure. I just think that the versatility that lineup gives you of putting Wilson at the five and Grant Foster at the four, You, I mean, watching that North Dakota State game, they don't win that game if it's not for Tyon Grant Foster's two late block shots. They would have been upset in a bye game. They paid North Dakota State to go beat them, essentially, is what would have happened there. And Ty and Grant Foster saved the day for him. Ochai Abadji hasn't looked great this year shooting-wise, but he's a good defender, too. I just like Grant Foster a lot and what he adds to the lineup. And then Wilson has probably been their best player. Yeah. And I like the switchability with that lineup. All the players are 6'5 to 6'7. You can just switch everyone and... That, that's a good lineup. Uh, 
for Creighton, like Zagorowski has not been as great. Christian Bishop's been really good for Creighton. Uh, the six, seven kind of forward, small ball forward for Creighton. He's looked really good this year. Uh, we know what Mitch Ballack can do. He can just, you know, shoot it with the best of them. Uh, career over 40% shooter uh, for his career, uh, shooting 29% this year. So maybe some positive regression going for Ballack, uh, some positive regression going for Zagorowski could take place. Denzel Mahoney, certainly a good player. Uh, Damian Jefferson. I, I like that starting five with Bishop, Zagorowski, Mahoney, Jefferson, and Ballack. Uh, and then, like, Antoine Jones has been decent inside for Creighton. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Kalkel, uh, Kalkbrenner has been good. Like, Sharif Mitchell, Jacob Epsterson have been decent. This is a good Creighton team that certainly has the ability to go in and win that game. Uh, we'll just see if they can execute. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. Definitely. Moving on, we have the challenge is the biggest uh, challenge between ACC and Big Ten teams in college basketball. It is the ACC Big Ten preview. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. We've got Tuesday night, and this is going to be one of the best nights of basketball forever. We've got two really fun matchups. We've got North Carolina, Iowa. Illinois Duke, uh, we'll discuss those two, but we, we've also got to predict some winners for the challenge. Uh, so let's start, though, with the premier matchup. We'll start with the North Carolina at Iowa. Iowa opens as three-point favorites. Uh, the Hawkeyes, Luka Garza has been averaging like close to 30 points in the first half alone, uh, which is impressive. He's been fantastic. Iowa looks really good, but so has North Carolina. North Carolina has looked, you know, pretty good this season. R.J. Davis has been much better than I think anyone expected. Uh, Garrison Brooks continues to look good. Armando Baycott. Uh, this is a good North Carolina team. Do they get the road win at Iowa? I think so. They might be without Garrison Brooks, but I don't think that's that big of an issue. Because of the depth they have with their big men, Armando Baycott, uh, Walker Kessler, and Dayron Sharp, who will give Luka Garza a lot of problems. I feel like Garza will probably still have 20, 25, but if he does that on 50% or less shooting, then that's a win. Uh, Iowa's defense still hasn't been very good. It's 71st in Ken Palm, and they played nobody. So if it's 71st in Ken Palm now, when they face a good team like North Carolina, what's it going to look like? Yeah, it probably won't be quite as good against North Carolina. And the thing is, it, it's going to depend a lot upon how how North Carolina goes against Luka Garza. Can they go in and you know score at a high level inside? Because Luka Garza is not a great defender by any means. Uh, so that's certainly something to watch. Uh, can they do that? And if they can, that's going to be something that I think gives them a huge advantage. So I'm definitely looking forward to this game. It should be, I'd say, probably the premier game. I will take North Carolina. I think the Tar Heels front court can give enough fits inside to Luka Garza. Uh, they know how 
I think Dayron Sharp can defend Luka Garza really well, which is going to be obviously important. And I just, I like this North Carolina team. I think if you're telling me right now, which of the four blue bloods, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky are playing the best, I'd say North Carolina is the best of those four right now. So I'll take North Carolina to win this game uh, and rebound after nearly winning the Maui Invitational. Yeah, definitely. I mean, R.J. Davis has been better than most people had imagined. Caleb Love has not been as good as people, including myself, have thought. But with Davis taking that big step, I think Love will be good at some point. So as a whole, I think that the game will be very close. But I think UNC is just better top to bottom. Yeah. So we both like North Carolina in that one. Do we both like Illinois against Duke? Illinois, they didn't look great against Baylor. Kind of got blown out of the gym in the second half. But they they can certainly win this game uh, against Duke. Who do you like in this matchup? I like Illinois. I just think Illinois is better from top to bottom. I would assume Kofi Coburn, Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, Jordi Bashanisvili, Adam Miller – those are all really good players. And Duke, I think they're still trying to find their identity. It's early in the season. Can DJ Stewart rebound? Can Jalen Johnson have a good game? Matthew Hurt, Wendell Moore, how do they play? There's too many questions with Duke for me, and I think that Illinois is just a better team top to bottom. Yeah, I, I, I'll take Illinois in this one, although I, I can definitely see a scenario where Duke wins. Uh, and I do really like Jalen Johnson. He's been playing really well. But I'll take Illinois. I think they have a superstar in Io Sumu. And the one thing that really sh- killed Illinois is they, like, Baylor just was the great, perfect matchup for them. They had Davion Mitchell, who's probably the best, like, get in your face, shut you down, point guard, defender out there. He just, he took Io Sumu out of what he wants to do. Uh, Kofi Coburn got played off the court because uh, Baylor went small. And, like, I could see a scenario where Duke also plays Coburn out of the lineup. But at the end of the day, I like Illinois. I like Io to have a bounce-back game, probably score northward of 20 points. Uh, I don't think Adam Miller will be as bad as he was in that previ- the Baylor game. I like Illinois in a rebound spot here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on here, uh, so we've touched on two games already. Uh, we're going to move on ahead. We're just going to go in order of the schedule because those are the two really big games. And we both got 1-1 ties. It's Purdue against Miami, Florida. Who do you like in this one? Uh, it's kind of a toss-up for me. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, they're two different teams, just like not even similar at all, just the way they play the lineup construction. You look at Miami and they're guard heavy with Chris Lice, Cam McGussie, and Isaiah Wong. They have Nysir Brooks down low, who's pretty solid. But, but Earl Timberlake, a really good player, top 40 or crew, is out. So you look at Purdue. They struggled to beat uh, – who did they play the other day and they almost lost? Uh, West Michigan, I think. Yeah, I think it was Western Michigan. That's a good call. But uh, Purdue has, you know, they're struggling with guards right now. Eric Hunter Jr.'s hurt. 
Sasha Stepanovich isn't a point guard. He's a shooting guard, but he's a really good shooter. Ethan Morton's been playing a lot of one. Isaiah Thompson's been playing a lot of one. But those guys aren't great yet. But then you look at down low, Travion Williams and seven foot four Zach Eady. Those are two guys that could give a big advantage to Purdue. It's super close, but I just tend to lean guard play over big play. So I'm going to go with Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Miami as well. I just... And it was Valparaiso that gave right. them Good call. a game. Uh, and that's at Purdue as well. You've got to travel back across the country to Miami. That's going to be tough. And then you've got a Miami team that, you know, I think long term I would take Purdue to be a better team. But Miami right now is the better team. Chris Likes certainly looks good. Isaiah Wong has taken a huge step forward. Uh, they – kind of know what they do with Nizir Brooks. Uh, Harlan Beverly's been good. Matt Cross has been good. This is, you know, and they can bring Rodney Miller off the bench, bring Anthony Walker off the bench. That's a good combination of players that I think ultimately can get the job done against uh, a Purdue team that at the moment just isn't that good right now. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. You know, both teams, I don't know if either's really a tournament team right now, but this would be a big win for whoever picks it up, and I think it's going to be Miami. Yeah, so we're, we've been on the same page. I think we'll be on the same page here. Minnesota, the fighting both booth gotchas against Boston College. I'm taking Minnesota. You, you just can't go against booth gotch. Yeah, I agree. I like what Minnesota does quite a bit. Yeah, Booth Gotch. Marcus Carr has been playing out of his mind this season. Liam Robbins has been solid. But can you guess what my biggest issue has been with Minnesota this season? Gabe Kalsher? No, they're not playing Isaiah Enan nearly enough. This is just upsetting. I don't understand why not. I I don't know what to tell you, but Marcus Carr's... He's averaging 26.6 assists per game. That's ridiculous. Pretty good. Big Ten Player of the Year type stats right there. Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, Booth Gotch had 21 points against North Dakota the other day. Is Booth Gotch back? Booth Gotch is back. So, He's shooting 56% from the field right now. And he has 15 a game, five uh, rebounds, and four assists. Booth Gotch is back. He's back. So I assume you like Minnesota in this one? Yeah, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, Moving forward, Ohio State will play at Notre Dame. Uh, This is Ohio State. I don't really like either of these teams, if I'm being brutally honest. Uh, Ohio State's, like, they've not been – bad per se they've just like I'm not overall impressed with their team I think Justin Suing is you know fine player he's looked really good the Cal transfer uh we we do Dwayne Washington has taken a step forward EJ Liddell has taken a step forward uh CJ Walker I guess is solid but this is just a team it it just does like Outside of, like, those four, there's not really that type of thing. And part of it is they're missing Seth Towns still. Uh, I've not really been impressed with Ohio State, but I'm still going to take them against Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame is bad. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't like Notre Dame at all this year. Prentice Hub is super inefficient. Cormac Ryan is a good shooter only sometimes. The play down low is subpar. Juwan Durham solid, but overall I don't love the down low play from the Fighting Irish. When you look at Ohio State, Dwayne Washington's a really good shooter. Justice Suing has been really good. I just think overall, Kyle Young, too, and uh, EJ Liddell, I think that Ohio State overall is just a better team, better coach team. Uh, current. I would take Chris Holtman over Mike Bray, and I think that Ohio State's the better team in this one. Yeah. We're, we're both on the same page. Will we both be on the same page? Penn State, Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech, the home team, they – they got a scare against VMI. Uh, Penn State comes in off a heartbreaking loss to Seton Hall. So, you know, the recent trends don't add up in favor of either of these teams. But Virginia Tech did beat Villanova. Kebe Luma is looking like a potential ACC player of the year. He's having a big season thus far. Who do you like in this one? Uh, I like Penn State. I know they blew the game against Seton Hall yesterday. That's a problem. But I don't think uh, Virginia Tech is all that good. I think they're playing much better than they actually are. Myron Jones has really struggled this season. He's only shooting 28% from the field and 21% from deep. That's not going to last. So if you add what he's going to be along with what Seth Lundy's done, 22 points a game while shooting 42% from deep, that looks really good for Penn State. I think that this Penn State team is pretty good. I don't know if they're a tournament team either, but I'm just not sure that Virginia Tech is. We'll see if uh, Cartier Jada plays. I'm not sure if he is. He missed the game against VMI. Let's see how Jalen Cohn looks. He struggled in his first couple games back. But I do think Penn State goes and upsets Virginia Tech in this contest. I will take Virginia Tech just defending home court, uh, which will also be be our first tie in the matchups. Uh, thus far, we've been on the same page, which has led to, let me add up. Oh, a three to two advantage for the Big Ten. I have it at three, three now, and you have it at four, two. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 4-2 advantage now for you having the Big Ten. I'll take a uh, 3-3. And then we've got Syracuse versus Rutgers. Uh, Last game of the night. Syracuse looked really good this year. Uh, Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim are taking a step forward. The offense is just running absolutely fantastic thus far. Do you like the Orange to pick up another big win here this is a dangerous game for Rutgers I honestly I'm I'm just not sold either way honestly but I'll, I'll pick one for the for the purposes of this uh recording here I just think that Rutgers we haven't seen them play anybody and they're without Geo Baker like there's questions that are here and I just don't like Paul Mulcahy's solid Jacob Young's been really good can they do that against Syracuse uh, Syracuse hasn't looked great either and the question is, is Buddy Beheim going to be back? Because he was out due to contact tracing. And then, But I do think Syracuse wins this game. I will take uh, the Big Ten side, which will mean a 4-3 tied. Uh, I just think Ron Harper Jr. is the best player on this court. 
Montez Mathis, Jacob Young have both really taken a step forward. Cliff Amori looks really good as a freshman. Paul Mulcahy has looked really good thus far, kind of taking a, a bigger step forward. Those are the things you really need to happen in order to be a good team. Uh, Miles Johnson can come off the bench and be good. Uh, Mawa Mog has been good. I will take Rutgers, especially defending the rack. Yeah, I if there was fans, I would probably say Rutgers, but no home court advantage really when you think about it. So I'm going to stick with my pick of the Syracuse Orange. Moving on here, uh, we've got – so Michigan NC State is called off, right? Yep. Okay, that means we could have a tie here. Uh, As is Louisville, Wisconsin. Louisville, Wisconsin also called off, which is not on my schedule. I think I took that off earlier. So, okay. Maryland against Clemson. This will open up Wednesday's action. Uh, I I like Clemson here. I I like Clemson. It's it's a team that I think is going to be. You know, I think they're experienced. They play good defense. Uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, Amir Sims is going to be the best player on the court uh, this entire game. I think Hunter Tyson has looked. Pretty, pretty good this year. I I like Clemson to defend home court and beat Maryland. I agree. I think Clemson's a significantly better team. Amir Sims is really good. Alamir Dawes is really good. Hunter Tyson, uh, all, also a solid player. I just think top to bottom that Clemson is better. I don't, you know, Maryland's solid too. Uh, Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala have looked really good. Uh, Dante Scott's look good. Hakeem Hart's look good. But, you know, overall, the depth is not good for Maryland. Shaw Mariel hasn't looked good yet. And Galen Smith has done nothing. So, yeah, we both like Clemson here. Uh, that will tie the series up at four piece. Uh, and that leaves us with four games left Georgia Tech versus Nebraska. Uh, this is going to be. I think this is a Nebraska team that's much improved from last year's team, which is not really saying all that much, but I think they've been much improved. Georgia Tech coming off a letdown game. I think this is prime spot for Nebraska ball to win. Oh, really? Wow. That's my pick. I, I'm going with Georgia Tech. I just think that they found something against Kentucky I think that the non-contact practices that Josh Passman thought was a brilliant idea might be the reason they were terrible to start the season. So I'm going to go with uh, Josh Passner's Yellow Jackets. All right, and that will give the ACC the lead, according to Sean. Let's go. Indiana versus Florida State. Uh, This is a rematch from last year's game. Indiana won that game at home. Florida State's the home team this time. Um, I'm going to take, I'll let you, I'll let you decide first. Putting the Indiana, Florida State, Florida State won it last year. No, Indiana did. Indiana won it last year. I think Devontae Devontae Green Green. hit like 15 threes. Oh, right, right, right. I remember that game. It was in Assembly Hall, right? Yeah. 
Okay. So th- this is at Florida State, right? Yeah. Okay. I I mean I I don't even have Florida State ranked. So I don't like it's tough for me because everybody seems to be super high on Florida State and I'm just not. So I'm gonna say Indiana and uh uh I just think that Trace Jackson Davis is really good. I think that Race Thompson, like we predicted, we were hyping up Race Thompson a lot this offseason. Our prediction of him breaking out has come to fruition. Rob Finnessy's looked solid. Al Al Durham's been pretty good. Armand Franklin's been Armand Franklin. But Christian Lander, like he does some things that like he dribbles the ball and makes moves, and you're like, man, this kid looks good. And then he shoots it and it's not even close. But if he can get those to be closer, that'll be really good for Indiana in this game. But for me, you look at Florida State, I just don't love the team. Scotty Barnes has been playing point guard. He's really good, of course, at 6'9". Balsa Koprovitz has been pretty good. MJ Walker has been what MJ Walker always has been. But I just don't think the Florida State team – Sardar Calhoun's pretty good too. But the Florida State team I just don't think is all that good. Yeah, I, I would have liked either of these teams. I'll go with Florida State. Uh, I think they – just find a way. Sky Barnes, I think, is the best player on the court, uh, at least talent-wise. Uh, it'll be an interesting matchup. He'll probably defensively play against Jackson Davis, but I'll take Florida State just to defend home court and bet on MJ Walker having one of his good games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just don't see it. I don't like the Florida State team, but it could happen. Leonard Hamilton's a great head coach. Moving on, we've got Michigan State playing at Virginia. Um, Stoked for this game. This is going to be a fun one. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan State, though, to win on the road. It's kind of a bold pick, but I'm going to make it. I think they're a better overall team, at least right now. Virginia still is struggling offensively. Sam Hauser has looked good in some games. Other games, he's not looked that good. Uh, so I'll take Michigan State to win on the road. Yeah, I can't agree with that. I'm going with Virginia. I know they struggled against Kent State. They couldn't get a rebound. And Kihei Clark, I know some people are like, I said this is an issue, and people are like, well, he's not a scoring guard. There's a difference between not being a scoring guard and passing up wide-open threes. If you're passing up wide-open threes, there's clearly a problem with your confidence that, you know, needs to be fixed. That He's hurting his team by passing up wide-open shots. And sooner rather than later, they might just leave him open and say, oh, you might not, you're probably not going to take it, so might as well just leave you open. So I think that Virginia is better, but we need rebounding. We need to see rebounding and uh, Kihei Clark taking shots that are given to him and making them. That's what we need to see from Virginia to win this game. All right, moving on here. It is Pittsburgh versus Northwestern. Oh boy, I'm stoked. This is this is this is the last game on the schedule. Uh, is this the best game on the schedule though? Like it, it is, no, right? No, no. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, give me Northwestern at home, I guess. I mean, does it what, even what? matter? Both these teams suck. I mean, what? I get well, Northwestern. It, me picking Northwestern gives the Big Ten a win. So they win 7-5 now, according to me. So, so what do I have now. on the other side? You have 6-5 ACC. I have 6 ACC. Okay, well, I, ties are fun. So I think Northwestern's better anyways. 
But uh, I just – this matchup sucks. I mean, why? <laughs> they both are terrible. A perfect matchup. I mean, yeah, but, like, I almost want, like – can you have done, like, Nebraska versus Pitt or something? And then Northwestern versus uh, Georgia Tech? I feel like that's a better game. They could have, but I guess they didn't. Like, Pittsburgh's – they're bad. And Northwestern, you know, they they have Kevin Sweeney as their uh, radio announcer or whatnot. He's really cool. But Northwestern as a team is a very good. So what what's the official pick here? Northwestern. Oh, I think you said that already. So yeah, you've got a six six tie. I've got a seven ten Big Ten title. Uh, we both picked Northwestern. So congratulations, Pitt. You have won the basketball game. Uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It's going to be fun. We've got some great games. We've got uh, Georgia Tech, Nebraska, Pittsburgh, Northwestern games. Uh, and anything in yeah. between. <laughs> There's nothing like a Northwestern pit game. Let's get it. Nothing like it. Same time as Michigan State, Virginia. So, and in the uh, Florida State. So, I so why do they have to do that? Why do they have to do that to Virginia and MSU? Obviously, nobody's going to watch the Virginia game because Northwestern and Pittsburgh are playing. Yeah, exactly. I, I Ridiculous. Say that is exactly how it's going to go. Everyone's going to be clamoring to watch Pittsburgh versus Northwestern. Yep. Going to be fun. Uh, well, what, that will wrap it up. Uh, make sure to subscribe to Making the Madness, uh, both on YouTube and on podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to do that. And we'll be back to recap this Big Ten ACC Challenge and this big Pittsburgh Northwestern game. Oh, yeah. <laughs>